Welcome to the European Greens podcast, where we talk about the way forward to a greener and fairer Europe, together with green leaders and activists. The European Greens are a European political party that brings together national parties sharing the same green values, like democracy, feminism, support of LGBTQ+, and climate action. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, and together, let's green our future. Welcome back to the Green Talking Heads podcast. In this episode, we're coming to you from our recent conference hosted in Valencia, Spain, which was called Greening from the Ground Up, Our Commitment to Resilience. The focus of this conference was bringing together this huge network of green local councillors and mayors from all across Europe to share their experiences, talk about best practices and how to tackle challenges, and of course, how we can support each other all across Europe. Melanie Fogel, our EGP committee member and French senator for Europe Ecologie des Verts, interviewed some of the great speakers we had at the conference, who also took the time to join us as guests on this podcast episode. Claire Romay is the director of Energy Cities, a network of cities that works together to share their experiences and help shape the EU agenda to democratize, devolve, and divest our energy system. Eloy Badia, a local councillor from Barcelona with the City Council's portfolio on climate emergency and ecological transition, and Sergio Campillo, who is the Deputy Mayor of Valencia and General Coordinator for Urban Ecology, Climate Emergency, and Energy Transition. So as you've probably already guessed, the focus of this episode is the energy crisis. Uh, As governments across Europe are working to phase out fossil fuels, tackle the high energy prices, and build energy independence, it's clearer than ever that renewable energy and better energy use are huge lovers in this battle. Our guests took some time to discuss the important role of cities and regions in the energy transition. Cities are still where most people, our populations live, and they have a key role in driving the energy transition. So listen in as our guests talk about how civil society and policymakers can work together to make that sustainable energy transition happen. Welcome everyone, we are now in Valencia for the European Green Party Local Councillors Network that we organize for the first time in real life. Um, and the topic of the this weekend is resilient cities. So uh, that's a good opportunity to have a green talking head on energy cities and energy transition at local level. Uh, we know that because of the war in Ukraine, Europe is at a very special moment when it comes to energy transition, because we see that because of the war, we need to do it even faster than what we had thought. Um, we also now, I think, we are now all aware of the fact that energy transition is, of course, a climate issue, but it's also a social issue and it's also a geopolitical issue, a peace issue. Um, and so building resilient energy systems um, intersects with a lot of political issues uh, and obviously not only climate, but as I said, social welfare, fighting inequalities, well-being, and obviously uh, our the EU situation in the global stage. So um, to talk about all these challenges, we have I have around me Claire Roumet, who is the director of Energy Cities. Energy Cities is a network of cities who collaborate uh, on energy issues and who are trying to shape the EU agenda on this. Eloy Badia 
with a councillor for climate energy and ecological transition in the city council and vice president for ecology of the Barcelona metropolitan area. And then, um, and then we have Sergi Campillo, who is the deputy mayor of Valencia and general coordinator of the area of urban ecology, climate emergency and energy transition. Great. So we are now uh, like working with local councillors. Uh, the main, the first question I would like to ask you is what can be done at local level to uh, drive the energy transition? Um, can you explain a little bit more to the people who are listening why it is so important to have politicians who do stuff at local level? I think that Local level is not only to, to talk about municipal policies. I think that the cities, we can talk about international policies, European policies too, because what is happening in our cities is what is happening in the world. So I think that we have a very strong voice to communicate what is happening in our cities and what we need to help the people to make that ecological transition. So it's not only to talk about what are we doing in, in our neighborhoods, in our mm. streets, what we need in our territories and our cities. And the other idea that you, you talk at the beginning is that it's not only talking about climate as ecological issue, we are talking about climate as energy and a very important economical issue. We know now the crisis of energy, how it's important for the economy. So when we are talking about climate change, we are talking about how we, can, we want to relate it all the areas in a, in a city. Tourism, mm -hmm. the, the buildings, the mobility, the ways is all connected. So I think it's a good platform to decide which is the future of the of the cities and the territories in Europe. Okay. So can you explain maybe more concretely what is done at local level? One or two examples of concrete policies that people can see this is happening at local level and that, that's why it's so important to have also people who are green-minded, who want to drive the energy transition elected at local level? At local level, mainly we have to make four areas of change. The first area is energy. And when we talk about energy, we have to talk about how we promote the renewable energies in our roof of the of buildings in the city. And the other is about the efficiency of the building. I think that we, we talk about a lot of our buildings as a public, we need a public buildings, a public housing, but we have to connect very clear that when we are talking about building policies, we are talking about that there have to be public uh, buildings and public houses, but at the same time, energy efficiency on that building is well connected. The second area, we have to change the mobility. We think the cities from the last uh, maybe 30 years to try to make that we can move faster with a car. That's the idea of all the cities doing a lot of years to how we can create a very faster cities and we can connect very long distance with a car very fast mm. and that's not the future no we have to go to another direction mm. to understand that we need uh, a local mobility we need a public transport and we need to connect uh, this idea of 15 minute city we have to connect what is happening in my life around my house no? so that's an, another change of the cities and we have to change the policies from the last century mm. and that's not easy but because we have a very short time to transform absolutely how is our streets, how is our connectors, how is our mobility. No? The third focus is the food. We In the food, we have different problems. One is that the food comes from a long, mm. long way. The other is that we, at least in, in Spain, we have a very meat food, we have many meat diet that is not healthy. We have to change that to make more close 
the foods that we need and to, to introduce more vegetables, etc. We are promoting that in the schools, in the hospitals, in all the municipal instances, but for the people too, we have to arrive to a domestic area. And the fourth one and the last one is about um, the waste, about the consumption. We, we need we are in a in an energetic crisis and we are in a material crisis no? of, of materials. We have to rest, re, reuse the materials what to, to make uh, uh, recyclage. And that's the, the four point that we are trying to transform in Barcelona. Okay, thank you. Maybe um, I will ask you, uh, Sergi, if you can uh, tell us what kind of resistance you are facing um, at local level when you are trying to implement this agenda. Well, that's a very big question. When you try to transform the city, and when well, here in Valencia we have our right government, our rightist government from mm. the Popular Party here in Valencia for 24 years. So they apply a, a very simple politics in some areas, for example, the mobility. They didn't want to change that the way we move inside the city. The car was the king, and uh, people get used to this type of mobility. So. When we arrived in 2015 to the government, we uh, rapidly wanted to change the paradigm in mobility. So we tried to spread cars outside the center and change. And people uh, hated it. Yeah. Well, we have an opposition, obviously, from the very beginning. But when people saw the change, they approved it and they support us in the following elections because. Uh, we improve quality of life in these neighborhoods mm. and now people can walk. Uh, yeah, and they don't want to go back yeah, they to, don't the want to go back. moment and in, when and in fact, full of um, And in fact, the right in, at this moment, they have, uh, they say that they, if they are right to the government, they won't reverse that, mm -hmm. those measures because they know that uh, people didn't want to accept that if they want to reverse these uh, measures. And mm. um, I think that the, the last four years in the first mandate we have, we, we are in the second, the, the key question was the mobility because we developed all this bike line network net around the city. Now we have more or less 170 kilometers of bike lanes in the city. We are one of the best uh, Spanish cities in, in cycling. Uh, we want to extend this net in the following years. And this was one of the biggest opposition we had. But mm. I think that people, finally, they won't enter in this new paradigm because people demand a new way of living in the city. And how, like, how fast was, uh, because, you know, we, uh, I'm French and in France we, we have green cities now. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of the beginning of the mandate. It's mm. been two years and... They are facing, obviously, they are trying to implement the same kind of policies, getting rid of the cars inside mm -hmm. of city centers, developing back lines. And obviously, they are facing an opposition. Also, it's instrumentalized mm -hmm. by the opposition. Press talks a lot about the organized group that are against it. Mm -hmm. um, can you give us some indication when this stops and when <laughs> people start realizing it's actually nice? How long, like, when did you see a change in the attitude of citizens mm. and also the other political parties? Obviously, the political representatives, we have to take into account the political uh, time. So we have to make these movements at the beginning of the mandate because we have some time in order to, to get used to the new, new situation mm. and let people uh, see with his eyes mm -hmm. uh, for some months or years mm -hmm. that this 
works because if not, if you wait to the middle or you wait to the last part of the mandate, you can have a risk. Each transition or each revolution has a risk and you have to take into account this, the, the, the time in mm. order to, to do it. But, but in fact, we in Valencia, for example, we, we look very much to Paris. Car in Paris was, was the king. It was mm. also the king. It was plenty of cars. Mm. Uh, when the government, uh, led by Anne Hidalgo mm. and ecologists, uh, started to change that, it was a huge opposition. Uh, yes. A huge opposition. But I think that the, the most important thing is to have this, uh, to have the clarity of, of this policy. You, you have to be uh, yeah, to very show confident the way. Yeah. and not to, not to be weak. Show that, that you believe very strongly in this, in this way. To show leadership. Thank you very much. For us in Barcelona, one key is talk about pollution. I think it's mm. very useful. It's very pedagogic. We need that quality air. We, for us, it's very useful. We implemented a low emission zone and we well connected with the families, with the people from the healthy sector, from the sanitation. And the other one is work with, with the schools. Mm. We make a, one of the changes of the super blocks that we are making in Barcelona is close to the schools. Mm. When we make, a, we reduce the traffic in the schools and I think it's a key actor that, that to make an alliance yes. uh, with the schools. And on the other hand, we are pro we have to promote the public transport. It's, impo it's important that mm. at the same time that you are, you are reducing and you are making some restrictions to the private mobility, you have to promote sure. the public transport, the bicycle. Mm. And maybe one of the, the challenges for the future is the connection between cities. In that moment, Barcelona have a good connection inside the city. No, all, everybody have a bus, have a subway, have well connected. Mm. But it's true that when we are talking about the connections between the metropolitan area, in that case, we need more infrastructure. Yeah, and actually the fact that you talked about health and about uh, the connection with people who live outside of the city center, uh, I think that leads us to uh, talking about the social issues, how it's connected with the energy transition, because we know that um, people who have health problems because of the pollution are mostly the mo most vulnerable ones. And we also know that they are also the ones who depend the most mm. on cars okay. because they live more far away from city centers. So um, I was maybe wondering if, Claire, you could uh, talk a little bit about this, how um, via energy transition policies you can also uh, solve one of the aspects of the social crisis. Mm. It's a small question. A very small <laughs> question. Yeah, you have one minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, indeed, in, in terms of uh, the opposition, I think something that is uh, very clear also from all uh, local leaders is that you always get an, an uh, opposition to anything you ask. And I think if it would be the opposition, they will also get opposition. <laughs> so it's, but the, one of the key also is to make sure that you find ways to listen to the silent majority. Because a silent majority wants to have pacified city. Mm -hmm. and, and indeed, most of the time, the, the silent majority is completely in favor. So we need more democratic participation or more places where you can reveal this silent majority because then the opposition has no more lever because mm. it, it's, it's uh, most of the time a case. And then the second potential thing is indeed to work with the schools mm -hmm. and or to any kind of, um, instead of saying this, we will do this mm. zone completely uh, free of car, is to say, well, 
because during the summer there is less people and so on, we will start to have no car for two months yeah, or for six months. And then, and then it's enough. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's really, uh, it's a lot about tactic. And uh, in terms of cars, I really think this is something that it's easy in a way because nobody wants cars anymore. Because anyway, if you are in a car, you're in, mm. in big traffic jam. It's just a nightmare for absolutely everyone. You just need to get the, the right alternatives to do something different. So that's uh, the thing. And for the social issue, and here it's, of course, uh, much more complicated, but uh, there is some examples that exist uh, about, uh, like Brussels, what they want to, uh, to, to put in place, and I don't know when it will be uh, done, it's they want to have some um, collective or community hoven so, because before in every village, you had the the place where you go and bake your mm. bread. Ah, okay. So it's like shared kitchen facilities. Yeah. yeah. And somewhere where you can bake your bread. And actually, mm. I thought, but this is really, this is kind of, it's revolutionary to, to reinstall mm-hmm. some, this, those kind of public space that mm. actually are the place where you can bake your, your bread and it would answer one of the, what we have uh, listened this morning when uh, the, uh, our colleagues were saying that people don't want potatoes in food banks because they don't have the gas to cook the potatoes. So mm. they, indeed, if you have such kind of facilities, mm-hmm. uh, then not only you create community, but you also allow people that cannot cook because uh, of uh, energy price uh, to, to do so. This kind of community space are extremely important in terms of social cohesion. And to link it to more collective, uh, uh, more climate issues, climate challenges. Otherwise, it, there is a, really a, an absolute uh, necessity for city con- municipalities to ensure that there is the schemes for access to renewable for all. Poor people are a little bit protected for the moment of the energy price because of some social tariffs, because of social bonus, because of other schemes that exist. So the very, very vulnerable, actually, they are not feeling too much yet the crisis, but yes, they will be in the future. And, and most most importantly, then the others are, are currently investing in the alternatives. Mm-hmm. So the middle class and the mm-hmm. high class, they are, they are investing in the alternatives because they need to do so. But one, we will get a real potential energy supply crisis or energy crisis uh, in terms of price that would not be protected by social tariffs. Then the most vulnerable will com- be completely trapped. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the problem of being trapped and it's definitely, um, I think the, the food is uh, one element that is uh, potentially not only for cooking together, but really to for the urban gardening and uh, food supply at local level. I was also struck this morning because we had uh, one of the colleagues, he, he really called, and we didn't open the debate because it's a huge debate, he called for um, municipalities to do everything so that people can get off the grid and that they can be self-sufficient. Yeah. And this is something that, uh, from a French perspective, for example, it's completely we cannot hear that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, of the greed, it's yeah. like no more social cohesion. Um, it's, yeah. it's like uh, this is the devil. But actually, I think there is some questions like that that we really need to reflect on. The key question is like the, the transition, the energy transition cannot let behind. Some behind. groups yeah. behind, yeah. Yeah, that's a challenge for, for us. We, we cannot uh, lie ourselves. Because uh, not everyone can buy electric uh, 
vehicles, not everyone can install photovoltaic uh, infrastructure in their buildings. So this is the major key question in this moment. How do we do mm. to make it uh, affordable for everyone? Mm. And that's why uh, public policies are, are so important. We cannot leave the market decide mm. alone. Mm. If the market decides, they will decide how to increase benefits for the same companies. There is a topic maybe that we, we didn't touch upon yet, but uh, it's the housing and the fact that, of course, uh, more, most vulnerable people tend to live in buildings mm. that are less uh, energy mm. efficient. Um, do you also have policies? Can you implement policies? I don't know what kind of competences units mm. of very different, uh, different countries, yeah. but are mm. you implementing policies on on this uh, with a social mechanism well this competence uh, at least in our region is uh, mainly uh, from the regional government mm -hmm. okay so they have some uh, lines of uh, budget in order to improve the quality of buildings and now we have a big opportunity with the european funds through the next generation yeah. funds and the spanish government wants to formulate a lot of buildings that obviously and uh, here in our country, the, the quality of cost of building was very, very low. And so we have a problem with the energy efficiency of in buildings. buildings. Yeah. About the poor people, maybe I, I can make a, a different point of view eh? because I say if to get a job, I need a car. Yes, that's the problem because who, ha who can get a car? Because yeah. it's not true that the, the poor people, when they move, they use a car. If you see, yeah. only 2% of the richest neighborhoods in Barcelona use public transport. Only yeah. 2%. When I go to the poor areas, 80% of the people use public transport. Yeah. So it's not exactly true that uh, when we make measures, you know, that to make restrictions about uh, vehicles or the traffic, we focus on the poor people. Poor people is who, who have the effects of the pollution, <laughs> but noise who is making the problem. Yeah. So I think that the idea is that everybody that lives in Barcelona and Everybody that has to go to the job, they don't need a car because exactly. they can use a mobility, yeah. sustainable mobility. Mm -hmm. That's our project. It's not to say, okay, I will give you money because you have to go by car to your job. If you have to job outside, we have to ask to that company that yeah. they have to provide yeah. a bus, a transport for their workers. Not to say I, I have to subsidize a car. It's not a real uh, problem. It's, it's true that we can find people have this problem is very small cases and we can is these small cases always we can solve because the people that use the car every day normally they they can change the car because mm -hmm. they use every day is a tool of the shop and the people that use it very hardly ever maybe with a sharing it's more useful for them and they pay less with a sharing that with a owner property you know? and i think that when we look for the young people the the mentality of the mobility is as a, is as a service it's not an, as a property. Yes, they don't yeah. want to get a car. Why I need a car? They Why want they to need go one from point A to point B. Yeah. Mm. So I think that this changing, and that's I think that's important for the future that this, the young people is changing the mentality. I need a service. I don't need a car. Sure. Um, I think we're uh, soon getting to uh, an end of the discussion, but I would like to ask you because we are there in the European event. Um, how like how much you feel collaboration between your European level matters and how we can also use the experiences from the local level 
in the view of the next European elections to also show that this is obviously it's something that is dealt with at local level, but it also it's also very much related to policies are decided at EU level and to explain to people that there is a link between uh, stages. Maybe you first, because yeah, yes. well, that's uh, also another tricky question. Thank you. <laughs> um, but um, I think that for long, EU, EU uh, policy were really like in advance and we, we needed EU policy to lead the way and uh, because it, it, they were setting the rules, they were setting regulations, they were uh, having a lot of... But today, uh, this is not true. Actually, this is the contrary. And I, I, for me, what is the most important, it would be to really empower local leaders to really, so that they have the, the clear understanding that mm. basically they are the le leading the way and it's not the MEPs, it's not the ministries. But uh, because they are practically doing things and there is not so much regulation we need today, when I see what are the discussions at the European Parliament, sometimes I'm completely striked. I mean, the discussion today in the Parliament is around the European Social Fund, but I'm sorry, the European Social Climate Fund, but this is really like, it's peanuts in comparison to what's going on. And it's like for in a decade, but in a decade, who knows what would have happened to the energy market? And th this is complete, completely inappropriate. And uh, the contrary, the next generation fund, is today spent and it should be spent now for the transformation now. Mm. And so I think what is extremely important is to show and to get the, the, for, for the next European election, I really believe that there is a need for a new pact in between the European level and the local mm. level. Mm. And I also see the openness of the European Commission to start really having direct funding to cities, direct funding, because there is emergency today with the human humanitarian crisis mm. it's not needed to just give the money to the prime minister of poland because he will do nothing out of it mm. however the european commission is asking to the prime minister of poland to find ways to give directly the money to the mayors mm -hmm. and to the to the ngos that are specialized in humanitarian so in crisis mode only local level is delivering. There is no midway. There is no middleman that is needed. And so I think there is a, there is a yeah, there, there we will need a new pact, but okay. it will be difficult because of course the middleman <laughs> that is in, in between is not used to be the middleman. Exactly. Is used to be the... To be the main point of attention. The mandate, yes. <laughs> like because we have to, to change the European Union, as they said, because the European Union is the union of states. And the states uh, mm. now are the national governments and the national governments want to control all the all the structure of the European Union. That's the truth. This kind of meetings of European municipalities or energy cities uh, or another networks of cities working together mm. are very important in order to make our voice heard in the Commission. It's very important because local governments we are leading the transition in this moment because um, if I heard the mayor of Budapest, mm. or the representative of Budapest, of, uh, or another European city, uh, very different from the Mediterranean here, we can understand each other because we say common problems. But the government, the Spanish government, is very different from the Hungary uh, government. They have no, uh, no questions to share because they have different geopolitical views, which uh, yeah, uh, so but the cities, we share a lot of things yeah. and we can talk in the, in the same words. Yeah. We share common visions, 
And we uh, were, when I, when I was listening to another cities very far from here, mm. I realized that I share a lot of problems, a lot problems of solutions. solutions yeah. So I think the key question is that we have to, to break the national borders in order to cooperate with so more between cities between and European between cities and with cities of other parts of another parts of the world. But the European context is very important for us. So, okay. So thank you. Thanks. I think, Eloy, you have the last word. No, the same. I think for, for local level, it's very important what is happening in European policies because here, unless in Spain, hardly ever appears in the, in the news. You, mm. can, you don't read what is happening in the Parliament, European mm. Parliament or mm. in the European Commission. But then you are talking with a, in a very community meeting with a family and they say, why when I go to the supermarket, it's full of plastics? You have to forbid that. And you say, no, that's European Commission. And they say, mm. oh, what's happened with the price of electricity? And you say, no, that's European Commission. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, the impact of that decisions yeah. arrived to a, at a local, but very community level. We are talking about very important Concrete things like things. what we make with the, with the plastic, what we make with, the, with all of those issues. So for us, it's very important to connect with the, the, the discussions that are happening in Europe. And, and Spain is, is very far away from, from that debate. It didn't exist at public space, at the mm. medias, disappeared the European policy. Maybe in Germany it's different, but in Spain it didn't exist. When you go to elections, nobody problem. talk about European policies. Mm. Only talk about, and they have very important for the life of the people. Okay, well, thanks a lot to the three of us. Thank and you. wish you good continuation of the event. Thank Ciao. you. That's it for today's episode, but thanks for listening in. Clearly, there's still some big questions that we'll keep on discussing and that we'll need to keep finding solutions for. Um, how the local level can influence the European level, how the European level can strengthen the local, vice versa. Uh, but for now, we hope that this was a good food for thought and something that you can take forward into your own work, whether you're a local counselor yourself or uh, just willing to take some local action today. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to give us a like and share it in your networks and then get out there and make sure you think global and act local.